Konnichiwa. And how do y'all? I'm Leslie. And I'm Laurie, and welcome to Sumo, Sumo Kaboom. Kaboom, where we talk about all things sumo. Yeah, and this week, we're talking about, well, we're starting with Kimboshi. But I will tell you, when I jumped down the hole of Kimboshi, it's a rabbit hole. And it, it led is. on to many other things. Well, but first, newsflash. All right, everyone. Exciting times happening in sumo again with the world opening back up. The Jungyos, the regional exhibition tournaments are returning. A Jungyo will be held after the uh, Basho in Nagoya. And that is going to be the first Jungyo in a really long time. So these are like the little sumo tours that happen between the big tournaments where you can go and see other wrestlers up close. They do some bouts, you know, in front of an audience, but it's really there for morale and to bring the spirit of sumo to the people. So that's exciting. And also I heard that the next Basho is going to be at 100%. Yes, you are correct. I think uh, Nagoya 2022, that's going to be full audience. That's amazing. And at the last time it was 75%. So we're going back to, I guess, pre-COVID attendance. So that's cool. I'm wondering if they'll still require masks. I'm sure they will. But uh, then again, I don't know. Who knows? But Ooh. that's still good news. More people can see the Basho up close and personal. And on the ladies front, we have a couple of new members joining the YDC who are of the female persuasion. Oh, good. Yeah. So that's been a while. They have had female members <gasps> of the YDC before. Is it Oprah Winfrey? It is Oprah Winfrey. Fantastic. And a real random one, Michelle Pfeiffer. And hey. we haven't heard, I mean, she's around, but she hasn't been doing tons, but it's Oprah and Michelle Pfeiffer. I think that's great that they're both going to be. I didn't know that Michelle Pfeiffer was a sumo yeah, fan. Yeah, a lot of people don't. I really don't. would not have pegged her for that, but I love it. Anyway, sometimes our news is true. Sometimes it's false. I don't know these ladies' names, but anyway, we've got two ladies joining the YDC. So, hey, maybe that that's a good thing. So that is all I've got. Do you know anything about these ladies? Like what their background is? Or nope. are they business women? Are they uh, horror wives? I have no idea who they are, but uh, they will all come out in the wash soon. Shall we jump into Kimboshi? Yeah, and, and I will say Kimboshi was our jumping off point, y'all. Right. Right? But as we did research, you do find yourself in a rabbit hole of, wait, what? Now, wait, this is mathematical and blowing my mind. So I'm just going to start with a little bit of a definition here. Of Kimboshi? Kimboshi. Great. And you can jump in. Yeah. And then I'll kind of give you a little bit of background on sumo wrestler payments and salaries. Okay, that sounds good. Because... Salary is different than Kimboshi. Correct. A Kimboshi is a gold star. Now, this is straight from Wikipedia, y'all, the source of all sources. It's a notation used in professional sumo, and it's to record a lower-ranked Maegashira wrestler, their victory over a Yokozuna. 
This is a gold star because it designates it as a special victory. A black star is a defeat. White star is a victory. And a gold star is something real special. Something real special, Something real special. Okay. The word kinboshi first came into popular use in the Taisho period. And that was 1912 to 1926. And the system of monetary, that was a system of monetarily awarding a maigashira who defeated a yokozuna um, during an official tournament. It gave them a little bonus. Mm -hmm. And that began in January 1930. Okay. But over many of the episodes that we've chatted about, we've talked a lot about how sumo wrestlers came to be paid. But I kind of want to chat with you about why. Why should they get paid yeah. for wrestling? Yeah. Why? Well, there's an old saying that sumo is an occupation that requires only 20 days of annual work, which meant that back in the ye old days, tournaments were held twice a year and they were 10 days apiece. Mm -hmm. And whatever your winnings were, that still can't hold you over for the rest of the year. Right. And so those sumo wrestlers, they had to have side gigs. And a lot of them had these odd jobs at other times. And so sumo just wasn't paying their bills. A lot of them were supported by the daimyos. Certain feudal families from certain prefectures would all support the sumo wrestlers. But um, I couldn't really find out like officially. Okay. So it seems that the record keeping of defeating Yokozunas, and prior to that, defeating Ozekis, didn't start officially till 1930, when the Kimboshi started. started. Yeah, exactly. 90 years ago. Mm -hmm. There right. are records of defeats of Yokozuna prior to that, but they are unofficial, and they were kind of bestowed upon wrestlers, perhaps retrospectively, like, remember when I beat Yokozuna, what's his bucket? Um, and then after that, years ago. Mm -hmm, and then after that, I, oh, oh, you remember I defeated Ozeki, Fahuzuna, and whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, but you remember, you remember, and they put that in. And I think, if you think about going to see a tournament, what excites the, the people? The underdog story. And so when you've got a Maigashira and he beats a Yokozuna, that has to elicit some crazy response from fans. Mm -hmm. That gets people excited. And in turn, that probably makes more money. It, it's like what we were talking about with Shodai, you know, the, the underdog, the Hollywood story, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And that brings in an element of, of excitement. So I imagine that brought in more money. But also the wrestlers were like... Oh, hey, should we be, uh, I mean, this is all nice and good and everything, but hey, a little financial gift would be nice. Would be nice, right? All these people are showing up to see if I can beat the top guy. So, hey, I'm not saying, I'm just saying. Well, anyway, I, I think I'm getting ahead of myself. Okay. Gold stars. Gold stars. Okay, so... I imagine around that same time, though, remember when we were talking about ye old Edo. days, Edo, ye old Edo <laughs> days, where like they legitimized sumo. Yeah. By doing that, they elevated the class of sumo wrestlers. So sumo wrestlers are sort of this fancy class of people now because we've legitimized them. We've tied them to the higher classes, right? So they're now respectable. Okay, so the samurai class, the warrior class in mm -hmm. Japan society had been around for a zillion years, right? Mm -hmm. They were truly warriors, right? So you were born into a warrior class. That is your class. Okay, but in 1876, I believe, in the Tokugawa era, the samurai class was abolished. Now, it was expensive uh, to be a samurai person. 
samurai person. Well, you got to get all those fancy haircuts. You got to have the fancy haircuts and, you know, swords. The, the swords, the, the, the right black swords, right. the right black robe, excuse me. That's right. And by the way, you had your little katana sword because if a commoner offended you, you could kill them. Mm-hmm. You'd just be like, I'm samurai class. I can't just kill you in the streets. But in 1876, they were like, you can't do that anymore. Right. And over the years prior to that, samurais just weren't as useful as they used to be. So some of them. Wow. Even samurais fall out of fashion. Yeah. If you're a samurai, yeah, then you're like, you know what? I just don't have anybody to like kill kill today. So I got to find another job. But in those days, you couldn't just go and be anything you wanted. You had to stay within your class. So over the 150 years prior to this samurai class being abolished in 1876, there were Samurai's jumping ship. Now they became bureaucrats, they became courtiers, they became newspaper reporters, they had their own newspaper. So they found other jobs that were equal to their class. But some of them didn't. They didn't okay. get those types of jobs. But what they could do was still fight. Okay. And a sumo wrestler was considered of the same class. It was an acceptable jump of a a career shift. You know, every seven seven years you change careers. (laughs) Well, for Samurai, he was like, I can become a newspaper reporter. I can become a bureaucrat. I I could also become a wrestler. If I do that young, I mean, you can't do it after the age of 35. (laughs) You'd have to do it soon and then maybe go into politics later. But yes. But it was considered acceptable to be able to jump over to become a sumo wrestler. Now, keep in mind, all of the money that the samurai class had, the government was like, you don't get that money anymore. So they were broke. You might become a sumo wrestler. You might become a sumo (laughs) wrestler. And so as Japan was becoming uber nationalist in the 1920s, 30s leading up to the war, Japan was all about Japan. We're like, we are the greatest. This is our big time sport. We've got wrestlers perhaps that are like, well, I used to be fancy pants samurai and now I'm a sumo wrestler. So I should be paid and I'm not getting money from my my samurai allowance anymore. (laughs) Was there a samurai allowance? (laughs) Well, yes. I mean, they got money. They had inheritance. They had money given to them generation from generation to generation that they inherited because they were of the warrior class. Okay. So would they still get that even if they were sumo wrestlers? No, because in 1876, all of that got cut off. You couldn't have your katana sword. You couldn't kill anybody in the streets. You couldn't leave your money to your family anymore? Right. Remember they had the haircuts and they were not allowed to have the hairstyles anymore? Well, yeah, but I didn't realize that. I'll read an excerpt from this book that I was reading, and the book is called... Appeasing the Gods, Shinto, Sumo, and the True Japanese Spirit um, by somebody. <laughs> I love somebody. <laughs> we'll, we'll have it I in love our, that author. We'll have it in our show notes. Okay, the book says, their traditional guaranteed salaries were very expensive. Okay, and this is when Japan was like, we're blowing up this whole feudal system. It, we're all becoming one big nation samurai class is gone, okay? And in 1873, the government started taxing the stipends and began to transform them into interest-bearing government bonds. And that was completed. That process was completed in 1879. And the main goal was to provide enough financial liquidity to enable former samurai to invest in land and industry. Okay? So they did get an allowance, these samurai people, but... uh, If they chose not to go that route, they could still become a sumo wrestler. So 
some samurais were like, well, maybe I'll go become a sumo wrestler and everyone will treat me in the same way and I can be revered and I can be fancy pants and I won't have to worry about being kind of broke right now since the government's taken away my stipend I don't have an allowance anymore. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's just confusing. That was a lot of book. That was a lot of info coming out of the book all at once. And I couldn't tell if they were saying they were changing the way they were paying. The government was then changing the way they were giving it to the samurai no, class the government, so that so, samurais could invest and buy land instead, which is what it sounded like. Yeah. But essentially, the whole class was abolished. In 1879, you can't, you can't call yourself a samurai anymore. Right. So they eased them out of that. In 1873, they started to make the transition. And then by 1879, they were like, no more. You're done. You're done. Go find something else to do. We're okay. not paying you anymore. I don't know exactly what I'm trying to say with all of that is that I have no idea, but uh, my research is <laughs> bulletproof, y'all. Um, no, but it just intrigued me in a way is that like we've always done research and sumo wrestlers have gone in and out of fashion. They've been elevated and now they're the ruling class. It seems like they're that highly respected. And I just find it interesting that throughout history, they've actually been notoriously underpaid still today. And I wonder if they would still have been underpaid and just been a ceremonial figure, if we would still have that system, if a certain group of people didn't come in and say, no, we would like some system that would pay us for the work we do, the people that the butts we put in the seats. All of that, the, the big wins over a, a Yokozuna or an Ozeki, shouldn't we get a little perk for that? So I think somebody along the way might have changed that, you know, because today they're still barely paid anything for being as huge stars as they are. It's still um, looked at as a sport that has a lot of pageantry and respect and they're like monks, but they're still only paid like $100,000, you know? A year. Which is big money to me. It would be big money to me, too. Also, the Coco Geekon in 1909 was when it was built. So when all of this Kimboshi and the Mochi Kyukin payment system came to be, all of that was in this massive Japanese nationalism movement. They built a whole stadium for their national sport of sumo. It was only built for sumo? Yeah. Yeah, in 1909, it was dedicated to sumo. So they were pouring a lot of time, love, and energy to this sport. Mm -hmm. And as Japan was all like, it's Japan, it's Japan, it's only Japan. It makes sense that like, there's going to be a lot more eyes. There's going to be going to be a lot more money. There's going to be a lot more stakes on this. And maybe some of those wrestlers were like, well, if all eyes are on us, shouldn't we get paid for? giving you exciting things to watch. Or I guess maybe the way it filters down through my brain is um, if you were to craft a system and you want your national sport to continue on mm -hmm. and last forever, and you want something that is uniquely of your culture, mm -hmm. you probably come up with as many ways as possible to make it exciting and interesting to young men. Mm-hmm. Uh, because they can go on to do a whole lot of other things in this world. Right. And if you want them to invest in sumo wrestling, you best come up with just lots of ways to make it cool and lucrative. Well, yeah. And a lot of sumo wrestlers back in ye old days 
they were broke. They were peasants and their families were like, we can't feed you. You've got to go and make something of yourself in the big city, you know? And so maybe to some of those kids who really thought in my low class of being a peasant, this might be an opportunity for me to bust out into a new class and actually make money, take care of my family back home. Mm -hmm. So there could have been two different ways or more uh, angles of why this payment system came to be and when it came to be. Because I'm assuming, correct me if I'm wrong, tell me if I'm wrong. I mean, I clearly can't because I don't know what the F I'm talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm assuming it was developed by sumo wrestlers. Yeah. It wasn't developed by the government. No. You know? I mean, no. It's I mean, clearly like a union that was like, uh, we are it, not we're, paid it's enough. Old, <laughs> well, it's older sumo wrestlers who, I don't know if it's we're not paid enough or it's we need to make this exciting. We need to develop it even more. But if Or we need to be paid fairly for the work that we do. Yeah. Who, and kn- the who money knows? we make you. Who knows that intention behind it? But- I just think it's interesting that it it came from the sumo wrestlers themselves. For whatever the intention behind that, it was developed by them and for them. Right. While they're wrestling. Anyway, it's just yet another system on top of the salary, you know, because the salary is one thing. What we're talking about today is aside from the salary. Salary is paid month by month by month. And you're, you're sort of talking about why salary came into an existence. But Kimboshi and cash gifts that Mm -hmm. come to these wrestlers that's separate from salary that's on top of salary anyway right well i'm here to tell you more than you ever wanted to know about kimboshi and the payment system okay (laughs) all right then super wrestlers and i gotta say huge props to the tachi blog because most of this comes from an article that haruth wrote for the Tachi blog. Oh. Okay. Whoever that person is has done a lot of research on all the different ways that sumo wrestlers get paid. Okay. So let's just go over that first. Okay. I always thought, okay, sumo wrestlers, you know, they get some money for salary and they get those envelopes. Right. Done. Yeah, but That's the, the how, envelopes, and, yeah, they, they aren't kimboshi there. They're just right, the right, sponsor. Right, right, right. I guess I had just never put that much thought into how much and how these guys are getting paid, okay? So huge props to Tachiai for teaching me that I didn't know hardly anything about this whole system, okay? There's all these different ways that Rikishi can earn money, okay? There's salary that is paid monthly. Why they earn a salary, how much salary, okay? You get a salary if you are Jurio and above, okay? Depending on your rank, you're earning about 9000 a month all the way up to 25000 right. per month, Per month, yeah. Okay, so in my world, <laughs> that's pretty good. Nine thousand a month is pretty I'll darn good. <laughs> yeah. So that's at the lowest level of Jurio. Okay, so that is paid monthly right into your bank account. Right. 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 It's a pretty good life. If you don't get that salary, if you're below Jurio. Okay, that's the thing. All those guys. They're working most, all those years, ten yeah. years. We have somebody most who's coming them, back up or coming into Jurio for the first time, and they have have never been in Jurio and they've been in Sumo for 10 years. That's like Koto Kuzan, yeah. right? So Koto Kuzan, he also had been in Sumo for 10 years, just not making anything. Yeah. So yeah. pretty amazing. Pretty amazing. They're probably okay. very happy to have that salary. Okay. So there's the salary. There are, after those big, huge fights, we're used to seeing all those flags being paraded around. You you can get a stack of envelopes when you win. Each envelope has about $600 in it. And you take half of it and half of that goes to your retirement 
account. That's another way you can make money. But you got to win. You yeah. got to win to get that but money. But it also goes, some goes to the stable. Yeah, yeah. Some yeah. goes to the stable, some goes to your retirement. Yeah. You don't, not all of that goes in your pocket right away. Right. Okay. But but some of it does. So you like, are in earning. just go out and buy fancy watches. We got to make sure we plan for the who, who future. Knows? Yeah. And Pokemon. You're all going to go buy Pokemon. So yeah, we got to plan for your future. Okay. So there's those two ways you can earn money. You can also have a booster club or a sponsor, right? right. You mentioned those those companies earlier, yeah. right? There's a whole group of people that may raise money for you, mm-hmm. fan clubs mm-hmm. that support you. And uh, these fan clubs or these booster clubs have a lot of say in what goes on in your life. Sometimes they even have a big say in who you marry and how much wow. money you get, right? So there's all those people in your support club there that might be giving you money. Mm-hmm. There's also the uh, Day 15 Indabasho parties, the Sin Shuraku parties, okay? Mm-hmm. That's big, big, huge after Basho Bash in which all your supporters get together. Everybody wants to celebrate, Light dance a little bit. Yeah, play a little bingo, mm-hmm. sing some songs on the karaoke machine. Mm-hmm. You might get some cash then mm-hmm. as well. So you're not just getting paid for your sumo. You could be getting paid for your karaoke skills well, at the yeah. party you got too. a hobnob and then they throw you a little bit into your pocket exactly right sometimes those are held at stables sometimes at hotel rooms mm-hmm. right there can be a lot of people at one of those parties mm-hmm. giving you good cold hard cash okay right. so there's four different ways that you can earn money as a wrestler that's not including our have a wrestler snuggle cuddle with you party which which could be a whole nother fundraiser i feel like it's a missed opportunity for the jsa yes i would pay big bucks for that to be smashed by one yeah sitting on the first or second row also um they could opportunity they could be charging for that but they're not they're not but right well in the kaboom world in the kaboom world we think they should start charging for cuddling with sumo wrestlers yeah so the other system for real they have no idea how much money that would oh, bring in. I, I, I mean, think it would be very uncomfortable for some of the wrestlers, but do you know how much money they would legitimately they make? But would you want to hug people all day and cuddle people all day? No, when I mean, I have a life, right? You know, yeah. but like highest bidder, one 30-minute <laughs> cuddle session. Millions. Millions. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Enough. Uh, Enough yeah. Of that. Yeah. Okay, so then there's the system that we're talking about today in which Kimboshi is a part of this system. And you said it so well. How do you pronounce it again? I think Mochikyuken. Right. Something like that. <laughs> Something like Sounds that. delicious. The merit-based bonus system that includes the Kimboshi, okay? These are paid in cold, hard cash at the end of a basho. Cold, hard cash. They're like, here you go. Here's your merit-based cash pay. This is when you get your Kimboshi, okay? Kimboshi happens in a tournament. Our last tournament, we had two Kimboshi. Right. Tamawashi and Daisho both was, beat Terunofuji. Tamawashi has had five in his career. Uh, I think in I'd have five. to look up I my I think he's list. had five. He's in the top ten for he sure. He is in five. Yeah, he is. number. Yeah, he's had five in his career. But there are people with so, more. When he got his cash, is that for one Kimboshi or the cumulative five Kimboshi? Uh, well, it's cumulative, but there's a lot more that's cumulative with, with it. it right, and that's what right. we're going to talk the, about now, the right? Mochikuken. So, yeah. So when the Kimboshi happens in, in ye old days, three years ago, we would have seen a ton of pillows flying. We right. would have seen lots of screaming. It's a very exciting thing. It is. It is a very exciting thing. But 
also, someone at a stable or these boys in their mind are going, oh, more cash. More cash at the end. Yeah, then they can buy their fancy watches. Yes. With this yes. cold hard cash. They this can. is their pure rainy day run-in money. Or, yeah, run-in whatever, money. Whatever they want to do with it. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so what I did not know, I just thought they were like, okay, here's a Ben Franklin or four or five yeah. for your Kimboshi. Well done, boys. <laughs> that is not at all what the system is like. It is a very complex merit-based. It's mathematical, based. too. It's, it, like, you would have to take a whole semester of something to be able to accurately calculate. Yes. I'm going to take all of the numbers out of it okay. so that my brain can wrap around it and I can try to explain it in a way that you and you and I can hold on to this. Okay. Okay. Because even after reading this article several times, I was like, I can't follow the math, but I get the general idea. Okay. okay. So when you join Sumo and you start winning. Mm-hmm. At any level, like even if you just show up on the Bonzuke for the first time, you start earning credits. Okay. They're, and it, they're like small credits. They're it's not tokens. Big, if well, you it's money, but yeah. it's credit money that they're like, hey, well done. You're on the Bonzuke. Here's a credit. Okay. It's imaginary money right now. It's imaginary money until you get to Jurio. It's monopoly money. And then. And when you get to Jurio, it translates into cold hard cash but you that you get. It to Jurio. Yes. That you get at the end of each Basho. Injurio. It's part of the system to encourage people to work harder, to get up to Jurio so they can actually cash in these chips okay. and get the cash. Okay. okay. The whole system really, just like everything else in Sumo, heavily benefits the people on top. Of course. They earn a lot, a heck of a <laughs> lot more. Okay. But the point I'm trying to make is that you have to look at the entire history of the sumo wrestler, when he was promoted, how many kachikoshis he has, in how many gold stars he's earned, how many yushos, how, how many zensho yushos. You have to look at his entire history to know how much he's getting at the end of each tournament, okay? Okay. All of this money that you're supposedly earning just kind of, it goes into this savings account that becomes your bonus, Okay. So it's at building the, earning earning interest. Well, we don't know if it's earning interest, <laughs> but it's a kind of savings account. And at the end of every basho that you complete, these credits that you earn is the number is multiplied by a factor that changes every single year. I'm not going to tell you that number, but then you receive it if you complete a basho. Okay. okay? If you don't complete a basho, like you don't get it. in a Fuji. Yeah, you don't get it. Okay. You're not penalized. Say if you go Kujo. Right. Right. You get an injury. You're not penalized. They don't take away money from you. But if you complete a basho and you're in Jurio or the division above, you earn this extra cash. What if you're like Ishiura, like you come back and you still lose? Does I that, would imagine that you why probably he, get your bonus. That's why he came, if you come back. came back, even though he was like clearly not in That good would be form. my guess because this would be a big encouragement to have people come back and finish the basho uh -huh. it really would be okay but okay as an example all right you get a credit a small credit when you show up on the bonzuke if you get a kachikoshi any level any level you get more credits like if yours is an eight seven or let's say it's a lower division for three mm -hmm. kachikoshi you get a smaller credit but if it's a six one mm -hmm. in your favor you get a bigger credit got it Okay? okay, so the better numbers you have in your kachikoshi, 
the more money right. you're going to get. And all of this is just going to stack up and stack up and stack up until the end of Basho throughout your entire career. There's all these rules about minimum balances that you need as you're promoted from level to level. So let's say you rise really fast. Right. If you rise to Jurio and you don't have the minimum, there's a minimum number <laughs> that you would get if you get to Jurio. Even if you have, let's say the minimum number is like 40, right? There's 40 credits. If you enter Jurio and you only really have 15 credits, they give you 40 just because you're there. Oh, okay. Right? Okay. Or let's well, that's say, nice. yeah, or let's say you're in Jurio for a while and you earn all these credits. Right. But then you fall out of Jurio. Uh. You could lose those credits. I see. But that makes sense because if you are coming in after college and you're coming into Makushita 15 because you've won like one of the biggie championships, yeah. like you haven't spent all those years in the official system earning credits, yes. you're coming in and you're going to have a faster rise. You're just as good as everyone else. Yes. So that, that's why when you arrive into Jurio, you know, they're, they're like, we're glad you're here. Here's 40 credits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can pass go. Exactly. I think the easiest way to understand this is to look at a couple of, of examples yeah. and how much they get paid at okay. the end of each basho that they complete, okay? okay? These are examples that come right from that article, okay? okay? So let's look at Enho. So Enho received a certain amount when he debuted in Jurio, right? He had he had earned some credits climbing up to this rank, mm -hmm. okay? The first time he showed up in Jurio, his bonus had built up to about $1,320. Okay. At the end of each basho. Okay. Day 15, if he completed it, he got cash, 1320 But then he fell back to Makushta, lost a whole bunch of credits, earned them back up. Okay. And then the next time he was in Jurio, because of the kachikoshis, the numbers that he was putting in, this time he got a credit of 1368 his okay. second time. Okay. Okay. So that's like lower level Jurio Enho. It's like getting a Christmas bonus six times a year. Yeah. That's the way I think of it. Or a okay? per diem. You know, they've got to eat. Anyway. So let's look at somebody else. <laughs> okay. Okay. Let's look at Hakuho. Okay. Because this is vastly different. These numbers are from 2018. Oh, okay. All right. So these numbers are going to be bigger. So okay. Hakaho rose really, really quickly, so quickly that he did not meet the minimum credits at each level until Ozeki. So at when he got to Jurio, they were like, oh, you get the minimum credits because you came here so quickly. Oh, you, you got to Makauchi. You didn't have the minimum credits. So here you go. Here's your minimum credits. And then he kept going up. He got a Kimboshi, which is another extra bit. He got Kachikoshi. He uh, got promotion to Ozeki. You get more if you're Ozeki. More extra credits. He had a Yusho, which gave him bigger credits. He got his first Zensho Yusho, which got even more credits. He was promoted to Yokozuna, which is more credits. And it just keeps going on and on and on. Okay. So it adds up fast. And in 2018, he was winning at the end of every basho that he completed a bonus of $66,250. Wow. 
And that was in 2018. So I'm sure it grew because he uh-huh. had more wins. So that's on top of his salary. That is 25000 a month. Yeah. He's winning. I don't know what it was when he retired, but I'm going to guess seventy dollars to $80,000 per Basho. Yeah. That he completes. Wow. That's Which pretty is good. Pretty Day's nice. Work. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a very long career. Yeah. With a lot of you shows. And I wonder, though, if you take a tournament off, though. You don't lose them. You don't lose them. No. You only lose Is it, it only Yokozunas who don't lose them? Or no. Is, is Any, as long as you're a, a jurio and above, above. You keep your credits. Yeah, you keep them. If you go Makikoshi, you don't lose it. If you go out early, you get injured, you don't lose it. It's just strictly an incentive to try to get you to work harder and your numbers to go up. So every time somebody like Wakataka Kage, he got some nice bonus money. Yeah. Because he put in a great Kachikoshi number and he won a Yusho. Yeah. He was at Sekiwake. All of that gives him more money as a bonus. And that's what was completely eye-opening to me. It wasn't just that, oh, Tamawashi, he's going to get, you know, a, I don't know, a few... A few dollar bills more every month. He's only going to be able to get them if he's Jurio or above mm-hmm. for the rest of his career. And there's a whole nother system that's that's supporting him and rewarding him for all sorts of other wins that he's made along the way that I was completely right. unaware of. I didn't know that even existed. Yeah. Wow. So Kimboshi is one small piece of the puzzle. Okay. There's a lot of incentive bonus payments happening uh-huh. and kimboshi is just one part of it nice so who do you think is our top kimboshi earner of our top wrestlers right now oh right now yep indo he is number two on the oh, list that's um, a really good guess but there's one guy above him endo by the way has seven kimboshi yeah i don't know i give up it's ichinojo ichinojo wow with eight well, then he's making a good living. Yeah. The guys that have the most Kimboshi of all time have double of that. 16. Right. Akinoshima, who Isn't is like now a in Oyakata. Too? Uh, he's Aminishiki not in the top too. four of all times. Mm-mm. That's one really good way to just guarantee that you get just as much as the guys in Sanyaku is just to make sure you beat a Yokozuna. Yeah, I think Maigashira gets a certain payment. Sanyaku gets a certain payment, which is higher. Right. Ozeki is higher. Right. And Yokozuna is higher. That's right. on salaries. But only. all the Maigashira, though, just one, one to through 16, 17. They're all the same salary. I think so. So, yeah, yeah. I think so. That's your benefit. If you do fall out of Sanyaku, you've got a chance to get a Kimboshi and make some extra dough. Yeah. Yeah, you do. Yeah. So, the other thing I thought was really interesting if you look at the ratios of who has given away, which Yokozunas have given away the the fewest and the most Kimboshi mm-hmm. of all time, right? I just found this really interesting because the person thus far who has the record for giving away the most Kimboshi is Terunofuji because he's so new. Well, right. He's He has 45 bouts as a Yokozuna and he's given away three Kimboshi. Hmm. So his percentage of giving those away is 6.6%, which is much higher than Hakaho's. Right. And Hakaho is number two on lowest Kimboshi ratio. Okay. He has given away 26 Kimboshis, but he's, he fought 1,002 
fights, and his ratio is 2.59%. So as a Maegashira, you're like, I got a 3% chance of winning. I got less than a 3% chance of winning here. (laughs) Yeah. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, least amount of Kimboshi also on that list, you'll recognize these names. Chiyono Fuji, Mm -hmm. which his sits about 4%. Taiho, Mm -hmm. 3.9%. Tamanishiki, Mm -hmm. 3.3%. But the lowest actually goes to Tamanoumi, who gave away three Kimboshis in 150 fights, 2% chance. Wow. Isn't that amazing? It is amazing. Even even better than Hakaho. That's right. It's really a lot, though, to unpack. It really is. And that's leaving most of the numbers out of it. Right. I mean, every single person's making something different. And it's just a yeah. payment that they've accrued from their career, be it long or short. But I imagine the guys that have been wrestling for longer, some of them rank and filers are making a lot of money if they've got Kimboshi under the belt. I think it's pretty brilliant to come up with a system that rewards people even after they get their kachikoshi. Yeah. If you get even one more win after your basic kachikoshi, you get more money. If you get two more wins, even more. So it makes me think, I wonder if there was a time when guys would get their kachikoshi and just be like, I'm done. I'm out. Peace out for the rest of the tourney. I don't need big numbers. All I needed was my kachikoshi. Right. But as soon as you put a system like this into play, it's like, oh, actually, for the rest of my career, I could make X amount more money if I just work my ass off until day 15. Yeah. Every single day, I work as hard as I can. Amazing. Yeah. Well, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I don't know what y'all are going to do with this info. I just found it I don't either. And from what I researched, who knows what you can <laughs> take away from that. <laughs> Come down to the basics. The basics are there's a lot of ways that these guys are earning money. We tend to think we tend and to we think don't they don't know because it's like they're not out there shouting to the world. I made four thousand six hundred ninety-seven dollars and no. seventy-four cents. But I think a lot of us are really curious mm-hmm. about how much they make and how they're making their money. I don't know right. if it's a particularly American thing to be like these guys are beating themselves to hell. What are they doing that for? Right? How are they being paid back for this? And there are several. There's at least five different ways that that we know of, and um, there's probably more that we don't know about. Enter Cuddle Party. (laughs) Take a nap with a sumo wrestler. Anyway, that is it for our style of sumo here at Sumo Kaboom. I'm Leslie. I'm Laurie. See y'all later. See ya. Bye. Bye.